Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. We have some breaking news now. If you were not on Twitter and you were avoiding every television possible, you might have missed this, but no worries, we have you covered. A Woj bomb dropped earlier this afternoon because Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving has officially requested a trade from his team. Again, I repeat, Kyrie Irving has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Now, he is requesting that they trade him before the trade deadline next week. That would be Thursday the 9th at 3 p.m., which is the deadline. Or he is telling them, I will leave in free agency, which is in July after the NBA Finals. Now, Irving had previously requested to be signed and traded ahead of the season, sources had said, but he came out and, you know, denied that and ended up opting into the final year of his four-year max contract with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, this is interesting because if you remember during the offseason, it was Kevin Durant who was requesting a trade and wanted out of Brooklyn and him and Joe Psy and Marks and every at the time, Steve Nash were able to come to an agreement of some sort. And ultimately, Kevin Durant decided to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, only just a handful of months later, his partner in crime, who we will say or I will say rather, has been holding down the Nets team as greatly as he possibly can. While Kevin Durant has been sidelined with an injury There have been a lot of players on the team that have stepped up in Kevin Durant's absence. You look at Nick Claxton, you look at Patty Mills, you look at Watanabe, you look at a few guys have stepped up in the absence of Kevin Durant, but Kyrie has really been the sole glue that held this team together, having Super Saiyan moments, sometimes dropping 30 and a quarter to seal the deal and just showing us the greatness and skill set that is Kyrie Irving. But he said he is looking to take his talents elsewhere so Brandon I'm going to ask you first and foremost what do you make of Kyrie requesting a trade from your quote-unquote favorite team the Brooklyn Nets uh first off Ashley um I'm disappointed in you that you continue to question my fanhood (laughs) I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan period so look Kyrie leaves guess what Ashley I'm still going to be a Nets fan yeah right and I'm approach this from a, a fan's perspective, right? Not from a commentator or analyst, ex-athlete, but as a fan of the Brooklyn Nets, I'm sad. 
Yeah. Ashley, we started this year off Rocky. We didn't know what we were going to get. You know, hell, let's go back a couple years ago. We felt really good about the dynamic to KD and Kyrie. You know, everybody thought they were going to go to your Knicks. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They come over to the Nets. We're super excited. But remember that first year, Ash, KD didn't even play. He was hurt, right? He was hurt. So Kyrie had to try to hold it down himself, and he ended up being, getting banged up that year as well. So we, we started off rocky. There a lot of excitement around New York, a lot of excitement in Brooklyn. I was there in Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm on the ground, boots on the ground. Like, I'm there. People understanding what was about to happen. So fast forward, we get our dude, James Harden. They played nine games together. Another one. They, they we We're super excited. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're thinking this is going to be a, a terrible science experience. It's not going to work. But then it was the faithfuls like myself, like, it's going to work. It's going to happen. So we're all excited. You know what? I think this is the feeling that the New York Nets fans, Net, uh, Knicks fans may have. You get in every single year. You're super excited. This is the year. This is the year. And then it implodes. That's how I feel as a Nets fan. I, I, well, you know what? I will say this, though. The Knicks haven't had a single player who requested a trade. For yeah, but it's all always jokes, ups and downs. For all the jokes that people hurl at us and say, oh, the Knicks are this, the Knicks are terrible, the Knicks are that, our players stay the course. And once they're there, they see through the process. They're not, you know, running and yeah, stuck in the smoke. But when's so, the last time you guys won anything? That's my we point. Won, we beat like, the Heat yesterday. Wow, that's what we're doing here. We're, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're celebrating in the, uh, we regular were in the season playoffs win. in 2021. And the, NBA, and the NBA season doesn't start until, what, March? The Knicks did see a playoff series in 2021. It wasn't so right. here's my thing. Okay, here's my thing, basically. I, I'm, I'm, I was saying all of that to say that I, I, I think I understand your pain as a Knicks fan, right? <laughs> okay, all this okay. excitement, then there's a letdown. So you bring in James Harden. Um, and then at the time, all three of these guys had spurts. And, and sprints during the season where he's like, oh, they can be MVPs. And just imagine what's going to happen when they're together. Get to the playoffs. James Harden's banged up. Kyrie's banged up. You know the whole situation there. He wants out. He gets traded. Then you got Kyrie, all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. This year, same thing, starting off slow. Then they turned it on. Ashley, right now, the from a fan's perspective, you got to be excited about the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets is what? Four games or five, six games back from first place, being out of first. You got Boston ahead of them, the Milwaukee Bucks, and then you got the 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 Philly. What is their name? The 76ers. We're right there. We're sitting in fourth place. The alternative can be the the, the Lakers out of it. Trash. Well, I mean, and now you got Kyrie. You got Kyrie. Can I continue my rant for 30 more seconds, please? Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, Kyrie, like, come on, Kyrie, please. KD's about to come back. When KD comes back, Ashley, you don't, you know what's about to happen. You know what's about to happen. And now he wants out. If I'm KD right now, I'm hot, I'm pissed, I'm confused. You know, as a Brooklyn fan, Ashley, I'm hot, I'm confused, and I feel like I'm a Knicks fan. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say you're a Knicks fan because, again, our players don't request trades. But I will say it is interesting because it had seemed much to your point and a lot of people's points, especially Nets fans, that this team minus, you know, the 
lack of productivity from, say, you know, Ben Simmons and things like that, they seem to be able to put the drama behind them. Yes, they still had issues on their actual roster, but it seemed at least the head of the snake, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, were able to kind of put all the drama behind them. You remember the anti-Semitism and and those remarks that Kyrie had made that had gotten him suspended. That was on the back burner, and they were playing great basketball. And then the unfortunate thing happens, Kevin Durant goes down, but the team's still able to stay afloat and they've hit a little bit of a snag. They've lost seven out of their last 11 games, but you still had hope that when Katie came back, they weren't in such a deep hole that he couldn't help them get out of. And a lot of that again had to do with Kyrie Irving being able to hold down the fort. And it is interesting because only a few days ago, Kyrie was asked and he was quoted as saying that he wants to remain in Brooklyn and he hopes to stay in Brooklyn. And that's where he would like to stay. And four days later, here we are, he requests a trade. So what do you think happened? What, what is the catalyst for him now all of a sudden wanting out? Money. Mm. It's all about money, right? Like he didn't have any leverage. And this is interesting. He this didn't have four days ago, Brandon. Four days ago, he still four days ago. He still had his stock, his trade value or his value to this Brooklyn Nets team was at an all time high. Kevin That's Durant is gone. Ben Simmons is averaging seven points a game. Kyrie's all you have. His value for the Brooklyn Nets has never been higher. So what happened in four days? It's there. He's not getting the deal he wants from the. He's not. He's not hearing what he wants to hear from the Nets. That's it. Obviously, you know, there's internal discussions. Um, I'm sure he, if they offer the right deal, he'll stay there. Right. It's all about money. Um, coming into this year, he had no leverage, and like you said, his stock was at an all-time high just a few days ago. Right. That all time high right now, I would say. Exactly, exactly. So that's why he's that's why he's uh pulling these levers now is because he's like, okay, if you're not going to give me what I want and what I feel like I deserve, then I got to go get it somewhere else. And you know, there's some teams right now that's super desperate. That's like, damn, a Kyrie. We know what it comes with, but can this be the piece just for this year to get it done? Right. Right. That's the question. Um. I'm disappointed because I'm not disappointed. It's just a messy situation. You know, if I'm the Nets, what do you do? You know, do you really buy into the first couple of months of this year, how he's been uh, conducting himself outside of, you know, the anti-Semitic comments or just that situation, you know, that, that occurred for a couple of weeks there. But outside of that, he's been, he's been showing up. He's been balling. He He's is. been a great he, teammate. He has been. I think it's the uncertainties that people are a little bit nervous when it comes to Kyrie. I don't think anybody can go ahead and negate that he's extremely gifted, if not one of the most gifted, most skilled, if not the most skilled basketball player we've ever seen. Um, it's all the other things that come with Kyrie. It's all those question marks, the gray areas. It is reported that he's looking for a deal around four years north of $190 million, so in that ballpark. So that's a lot of cash to give to somebody who has a lot of question marks, whether it's one day he wakes up and he doesn't want to play basketball anymore, or, you know, he says something that the league doesn't like, and then he's suspended or, you know, he, 
there's a lot of question marks with Kyrie. We've seen them at multiple stints of his career, but at least for the time being, after the situation in Brooklyn, which he got suspended for, he's really been a team player. He's been a team guy. So it is interesting that there's been this contention of not wanting to give him the money that he feels that he is worth. And it's interesting because I don't really know what Brooklyn's plan is because it's not like your money is heavily tied into your big three, which is Simmons, Durant, and Irving right now. So I'm not really quite sure what the direction of the team is if they're not willing to pay Kyrie because Kevin Durant is there for, I believe, three and a half more years. Maybe. He's locked in. Simmons is locked in. You can't trade him because his trade value is in the toilet. So he's stuck there. It's Nobody's trading for him for $35 million. He's not a cheap player. You need to, y'all need to stop on Bill. Like y'all think that he needs to shoot. Oh, the modern player has to shoot the ball. No, he doesn't. Yeah, you do. When you're playing, when you're playing in the NBA, you have to be able to at least give me eight points, 10 points a game. No need. Not when you have Kyrie and KD. But you don't have Kyrie. You don't have KD right now. That's why they're in the situation they're in, losing seven out of 11, because they're all, you're playing four on five, essentially. But regardless, their money is tied up in those three guys. So, are they in a process? Are they thinking we're going to rebuild at some point so we can well, let Kyrie walk? Because if that's the, not the case, then why are you not paying him? What's your alternative? The The Nets are – my Nets are in a terrible situation, right? Because KD, you have, to keep, you have to keep KD happy. KD is not okay with not being in position to, you know, contend, right? But then okay. you have, like you said – Simmons, you have Kyrie, you know, so that's that's tricky. Um, you mentioned something as far as like him being a, a good sport over, you know, the first part of this season. It's almost as if like players, like football players do, do this a lot. It's their contract year and they start working out harder, right? I was just in LA and I was at uh, Jamal Ligon's spot and he has a bunch of guys there and mm-hmm. – um, there's this one kid. Why there was this one kid training in there, and I was talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, it's my contract year, so I'm starting early." Teams know that. Great head coaches and managers know, you know, historically how you show up. And so, Kyrie isn't really fooling anybody when it comes to him being a great sport and how he's uh, conducted himself thus far, because historically, he hasn't shown to be available, right? So they're in a terrible right. position because he is Kyrie Irving. Like, he's probably the best ball handler the game has ever seen. Like, he's that dynamic. We know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's balling now when he's playing. But you can't make that investment. I mean, it is it is a, a pricey investment. And again, Kyrie Irving is not, you know, 25 years old. And I don't know if his age... His age really isn't so much a factor as his history is. And although the NBA and most sports leagues are a what have you done for me lately mindset, you know, memories aren't easily erased. So I it's going to take a team who has the who its star player has the front office's ear to make a move with the Brooklyn Nets. The only thing is, is that for me right now, that only the only team who that applies to is the Los Angeles Lakers. 
And LeBron James, Kyrie Irving have no have made no secret of the fact that they enjoyed playing together. They enjoyed their time together, although there was some, you know, rumored contention contention at the time. The only thing is, is that looking at that trade, the piece that they're probably going to try to move is Russell Westbrook. But you can't swap a Westbrook for a Kyrie Irving. It's not an even swap because you're losing a big chunk of your offense. If you're the Brooklyn Nets, you're not getting offense in return. Love Westbrook huge Westbrook fan, but he's not Kyrie Irving and he's not a walking bucket like Kyrie Irving. So you let him, you do that even swap. Brooklyn's coming out on the short end of the stick because he's not 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 really really going to get the same offensive productivity as you do from Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, but he brings something different to the game though. But but the Nets need scoring help. Yeah, but let's not forget, you know, he's Mr. Triple-Double. You know, if if everyone's healthy, remember, hold on, let's, let's not forget, Ashley, what those two did together in OKC, right? I, I, no, I get it, but that was a drastically different team. Correct, but when I look at where it's really – is, it, and KD showed that he was able to sacrifice. He sacrificed kind of in Golden State. I mean, he still was the guy, but right. they figured it out there, you know, all, you know, you know, all the talent they had there. And even when they had James Harden, because that was the conversation when they put this – these three together, James Harden, Kyrie, who's going to sacrifice? They're all ball-dominant guys. Who's going to be willing to, you know, play off the ball and defer? And it was James Harden who did it, but then Kyrie had to do it as well at times, right? Because he's – they all did is what I'm saying. So now you're KD, you're sitting in a situation, uh, and you get a Russell Westbrook, it could potentially work if you make that sacrifice and work on the things that didn't work back in OKC, which caused y'all to split. The only, we the know, only reason. We know, the last thing I would say is this. We know what makes Russell Westbrook special. Whenever he gets in a situation where he's not ball dominant, he's not in control, then he's not a walking triple-double. But when he was in Washington, he left, he left Houston, went to Washington, and – you know, Bill kind of let him do his thing. He was a walking triple-double. He did in OKC. So he is still dynamic and explosive. So it could potentially work, but you are right. You lose a big chunk of offense, but that's what happens when you lose any star players. Like, it's not always going to be an equal deal, but it could be better from just a consistency standpoint, a chemistry and continuity standpoint. I totally disagree i think that if you take russell westbrook and you put this is not the lakers when you're when westbrook's on the lakers if he's coming off the bench he is the primary ball handler because ad usually starts with lebron and ad runs that offense when the five of them are on the floor westbrook comes off the bench that offense is now his that's when you saw him really start to get into his groove when the lakers figured out that formula now if you take westbrook and you move him to Brooklyn, first of all, the spacing is going to be atrocious because you got Nick Claxton, you have Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook, who are essentially all the same size. You'll have a gigantic team, but you'll have absolutely no scoring because Westbrook is not going to give you uh, Kyrie Irving numbers. Nick Claxton, yeah, he's good for probably about 20 points. He's been averaging in these last few games. You know, Simmons isn't going to score the ball. So that, again, puts a big chunk of the offense back on Kevin Durant, which is what the Nets were trying to avoid in the first place, because that's how he breaks down come April. 
You do not want Kevin Durant broken down come April. You will not be able to get through the East. Right now, the way they're currently constructed, they would still somewhat struggle against size when they started mm. playing against a team like Boston or Milwaukee. Mm. But they mm. would still be able to be better, better match with, say, like a Philly or a Miami if they had to. You get rid of Kyrie and you take that chunk of your offense out and you replace him with, with Westbrook, you are simply getting size in return. That is not going to help. Uh, Kevin Durant. So let me ask you this question, Ashley. <clears throat> Do you just make it happen? Like, if you're KD in the Nets, mm -hmm. are you just like, let's just let's just move on? Are you move over on it? from Kyrie? Kyrie. It depends. That's what I that's what I started off by saying. It depends on what you're. I don't really know the direction of this team because they don't have like who. Kyrie Irving and Ke Kevin Durant's 34 years old. Kyrie is what, 31, I want to say. So it's not like they're young anymore. You're not building the team around those two guys. Like they're not the future of the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if they have the future of the Brooklyn Nets on this team. So I don't see why you don't just pay Kyrie Irving. You're going to have to blow this team up once nope. Kevin Durant and Kyrie start to age out because there's nobody on this team currently who's a a, a centerpiece that you would want to build around. You look at the Knicks, for example. They have, you they know have. that Julius Randle is not the piece you're building around. You're focusing on R.J. Barrett and those young guys that will one day be the nucleus of the team. There's a vision there. I don't know what they're doing in Brooklyn. They just threw a bunch they, of pieces together and hope that doing. it worked. Let me tell you what we're doing. Okay, okay tell me what, what they're doing. What we're doing is we are going to fight for a championship. That's what we're doing. What Ashley, you you said something earlier talking about, well, size, and I don't know how they're constructed now if they can get out the East. Mm -hmm. Remember being on FS1 and, and going back and forth every single day with Nick Wright, who I believe is one of the best on television, the way he approaches, just as from a from a communication standpoint, how he communicates. Um, and I used to go back and forth with him all the time about, you know, how everybody fits, defense, this, size, that. Ashley, scoring is everything. Not in the playoffs, it's not. Oh, my Maybe in the, reg in the regular season. Oh, my goodness. In the regular season, probably. You got, you got KD and Kyrie both uh, averaging 25. You saw, you, saw what, you saw what happened to KD when he faced Boston, right? He, yeah, you know what? He almost beat him himself. But no, he, he didn't. He got swept. I'm <laughs> talking about two years game. ago. I'm going back two years ago. They beat. It, I'm going back two years ago when he was a toenail away from the, Everybody knows the in the playoffs, size matters because the game slows down and the game gets more aggressive. It gets they let you play more. And yes, obviously scoring matters. You can't just go out there and win on defense alone. You have to be able to put up points. But you can't go into a playoff series of seven games and think that you're going to win just simply by outscoring everyone. That's not how it works. In basketball, in a seven-game series, the better, more complete team will always win. Always. You give me Kyrie and KD averaging 25 a game, putting pressure on anybody's defense or anybody's complete team that you're talking about, I'm taking them nine out of ten. Boston times. with KD and Kyrie putting up twenty five points. You're, you're sick. Are you crazy? You're sick. 
You're sick. KD and Kyrie. Are you, you think kidding KD me? and Kyrie putting up 25 points a game in a seven game series is enough to beat the Boston Celtics? Yeah, because because no with, if they're averaging 25, that means they're hot. That means, you know, they're efficient from the field. That means that they're putting pressure on them to keep up. Tatum got to make sure that he's in his bag every night. Listen, it's Tatum, it's Jalen Brown, it's Grant Williams, it's Derek White, it's um um Al Horford. I mean, the list goes on and on. And let me ask you this question. And let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Now, who's better than a healthy Kyrie and Katie on that team that you just mentioned? If we're talking about a one and done. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about a one and done and you have a healthy KD and a Kyrie, that's different. Yeah, in, in, a, in a one and done situation, if this was like March Madness, I might put my money on the Brooklyn Nets in that situation. But in a seven game series, the better, more complete team will always win. It is a it's just proven. We have seen it. You cannot win a championship with two guys scoring 25 points a game and everybody else doing nothing. That's not how that works. But before we go, give me your predictions of what happens with Kyrie. Does he end up on a different team? And if he does, what is that team? Is it the Lakers? Is it the Mavericks? Is it the Suns? Is it the Heat? Ashley, it doesn't matter. <laughs> as a as a Nets fan, it's over. It's over. It's the end of an era. It's the end of a road. Like, it didn't happen. You know, they got us excited. Oh, when close. They decided to come to Brooklyn over – the Knicks, right? And then they bring in James. Mm. That, we were excited there. Only nine games. They played together. Then you go get Ben, and we're excited about Ben, too. We thought we were there. And now you have Kyrie, and it's over. It's done. Like, I don't, I don't see any you light wanna, at the end of the You want to hold a moment of silence for what could have been? I would like to see. I'll tell you what I would like to see, Ashley. Okay. I would like to see uh, LeBron and Kyrie back together. We had them on I Am Athlete, right, the weekly show. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that was one of the biggest mistakes he's ever made was leaving Cleveland the way wow. he did. He said that was a big mistake, um, and he wished he had that time back, but he had no clue, you know, what he was doing back then. Wow. I think they'll be dynamic. So it sounds like um, Kyrie may be spinning the block. We shall wait and see. Well, yeah, he he he. I know for sure he would love to go back there, and he lives in L.A. in the offseason. He has a house there. That's where he's at. I'm sure he would love to go back there. He was just on the shop, too, not too long ago, a couple months ago. So, you know, they made amends there. Well, we shall see. Well, we will keep a lookout on – we'll be on Kyrie watch, I'm sure, for the next few days up until the trade deadline. And we'll hold a moment of silence for what could have been for Brandon's Brooklyn Nets. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. 
happened for your king? Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Talk some NFL because on Friday, the NFL acknowledged that the league saw a significant rise in concussions this past season. According to data released by the NFL, there were 149 concussions suffered over 271 games this season. That's an 18% jump from 2021, where the number was 126 and a 14% higher um, increase than, and it's 14% higher rather than the three-year average of 130 between 2018 and 2020. Now, NFL Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Sills attributed this rise to the part of a protocol change that he said not only brought in, but also strengthened the definition of a concussion, saying, we continue to be more cautious and conservative in our evaluation and diagnostic diagnosis of concussions. That's not just an opinion that's backed up by the data. Now, Brandon, I want to ask you because the league, you know, did go ahead and say that they performed on average 1.6 evaluations per game, which is nearly twice as many medical timeouts in 2022. So, I want to ask you, should we be concerned about this data that was released or was it just a result of the league trying to be more cautious when it comes to head safety in the NFL? Uh, More cautious for sure. Um, You know, the game, the game hasn't changed much over the last five years, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Key initiatives taking the head out of the game. Feel like the the league and the players have been doing a, a really good job of understanding the importance of that. Um, and I just think there's some key events this year, right? Like we know that the NFL, they're reactive, right? They're not always ahead of it. They like to react to what's going on uh, with the fans and media, et cetera, et cetera. So Tua Tonga Vailoa, he goes down the way he did. That was a big mm-hmm. deal. They rush him back in a way, not even rush him back, but the process and how they evaluated him that created a, a, a huge conversation. Then he comes back, he gets banged up again, right? We had people miss it. You had the uh, Patriots uh, uh, game. Um, I forget the receiver there who used to play for the Miami Dolphins. You had Aguilar had to stop the game and say, look, my my teammate is, is not well. What are we doing here? These spotters, these independent spotters, they're not – they weren't, they were missing it. And there was other moments throughout the year that created this conversation around, you know, the process from team to team and then also the league. So uh, definitely think the NFL are, they're more cautious um, and, and they're just protecting their brand. It's always about protecting the shield. If Tua Tonga Valoa, who, mm-hmm. who I believe was capable of going out there playing in the playoffs, 
But I believe the NFL said we can't afford Tua to go out there and get hurt again. And now it changes the conversation in a major way. How 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 dare we? How dare you, NFL, let a, another player go out there and suffer his third concussion in a season? So there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, but at the end of the day, we we have made a lot of progress over the last five to six years. And 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 then also we have to accept, right? Like this is a violent game. Right. Right. And it's not going to change even when you take the hit out of it. Look at DeMar Hamlin. Mm. He had a player literally die on the field this year. Right? So whether it's that or some type of bone sticking out of your ankle, you know, these crazy knee injuries, it's going to continue to happen. This is football. It's interesting because the league did go ahead and make some changes to the preseason to even start trying to make that um, as safe as possible. And guardian caps were mandatory for defensive linemen, offensive linemen, linebackers, and tight ends to wear through week two of the preseason. Do you see um, the NFL to mandate those caps or these caps rather for more positions and for a longer period of time moving forward? Yeah, but at the end of the day, you got to think about it. Um, and describe are, what a guardian cap is for people who are not like. Familiar. Yeah, ba basically, when you see like uh, looks like condoms on these guys' helmets, that's what <laughs> <Okay>. that is. <laughs> it's like a cushion condom. Like, like, what are we doing here? I know the players hated it. They hated it. Like, what are we doing? Is and does this even help? So basically, on top of our helmets, our guys' helmets, we didn't have this when I was playing, but there's pretty much this soft cushion that they place on top of your head um and they were mandatory for a lot of guys and a lot of guys bulked at it and pushed back they didn't like it and i i also question and i'm not a doctor right and i know you know we lean into research and data to see you know if it can help or not but these are many miniature car accidents we have guys that are running 20 22, 24 miles per hour on a football field. So these collisions, right, still create an impact. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not about the cushion of a helmet. Your brain is still moving. Like, that's what's happening. Like, you, if you fall back, like, to a Tonga Valoa, and you hit the back of your head, now you're getting concussed. Like, you're getting impact on both sides, the frontal lobe and the behind behind your head. So if you're moving at that rate or if the force into the ground is still there, whether you have a cushion or not, your brain is still going to move, which means you're still going to have a concussion. So I don't know how much of this is optics opposed to it actually working. Interesting. Well, hopefully it's for it actually working because I think that, uh, the NFL without less concussions is always something that we're we're looking for. But keeping on the topic of the NFL, hit drop tackles. The tackle that injured Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes and Cowboys running back Tony yes. Pollard during the playoffs were legal, but they may not be next season. Thank you. 
<laughs> NFL's chief medical officer, as I said, Dr. Alan Sills, said that today that those techniques used on tackles in which the defender grabs the ball carrier from behind and then pulls him down while dropping the tackler's own body to the ground could be eliminated. That type of tackle, known in rugby as a hip drop tackle, was actually banned by the National Rugby League in Australia because of the injuries it caused. Now, the NFL's competition committee is expected to look at new rules, and Sills and the league's medical staff would be involved in making those decisions as well. So, Brandon, what do you think about hip tack, hip drop tackles? Is this right? Is this a right or a wrong move by the NFL to get these eliminated? Ten years too late, Ashley. Oh, wow. You know how many guys um, lost their careers because of this hip drop tackle? It's like a wrestling move. Has no place in ball. And and I'm not only disappointed in the NFL taking forever to even start this conversation. I'm disappointed in the players. I'm disappointed in the players because we talk about this fraternity, right? Like at the end of the day, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be a fierce competitor. You know, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to play hard and I'm going to play within the, 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 the scope of the rules. But there's also uh, opportunities when we take the field to protect each other, knowing that, let me see, Stefan Diggs, I know, I know you have children um, or, you know, let's say a, you know, geez, it's been so long. I'm thinking about the, the guys that I, I strapped up against, but a Bobby Wagner, I know you have a daughter, right? I may even know her da your daughter's name. I may even met your wife or your significant other, right? So yeah. I care about that. I care about how you, how well you're going to live after your career is over. I care about you optimizing your earning potential while you're in the game. So for me personally, before the league cut out, cut back, cut back blocks, you know, those crack back blocks, I cut that out my game. Like, I would literally see, you know, a Ray Lewis or Ed Reed and be coming back to crack them, and I would make a noise so they can see me, and then I would thud. We call it thudding, where wow. I still, I'm still in position. I make my play. The running back runs off my butt. He still gains his yard, but I didn't take this guy's head off, right? And so this particular play move or wrestling move, you know, that's what we should call it, dudes literally grab you. They jump up, kick their legs out, to and, and all of that weight, that force, whether it's 200 pounds, 300 pounds, it goes into those lower extremities. And that's where you see these high ankles. You see these, uh, the I forget the name of Dak Prescott's injury, right? Yeah, Dak. And these guys with ACLs and MCLs, like, you're when you do this, you know that you could potentially end the guy's career or alter it forever. Right. So I'm disappointed that it's taken this long for the NFL to start this conversation. Hopefully they get it done. And I'm also disappointed in the players that do this. Bruh, get in position, in a football position, and make the play. Like, it's not hard to tackle. Are you scared? Like, what are y'all doing? You don't have to do this. This is not wrestling. Use your shoulder pads and take a guy down. Wrap up. They're afraid. That's what it is. These defenders are afraid. They see a freaking, uh, you know, a, a Nick Chubb coming at you running 20 miles per hour. 
Like these guys aren't even tough anymore. That's why they're using these wrestling moves, gator rolls, and what did you call this thing? What did you call it? A what hip is this A hip what? It's called a hip drop tackle. A hip drop tackle. What are we doing here? Come on, <laughs> I am athlete tonight is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. Support I am athlete tonight with a five star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA tonight trial to start your free trial today. Sirius XM Podcasts. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.